Welcome back to Skewed Perspective, number 24. Omar's back. I'm back. It's been a while, actually. Yeah, it's been a couple. Like, at least three weeks. Yeah. Because you've been up in Petaluma, right? Uh, Yeah, so last week was me driving up to Petaluma, and then, yeah, well, yesterday we got back. Mm-hmm. And then the weekend before that... I don't remember. Just weren't what. able to. Yeah. yeah, we just haven't recorded. And then... Um, Brief hiatus. Yeah, and then I'll get on. I'll log into the station right here to to on my Riley put together a couple episodes and record a solo one, <laughs> and I just fucking punk out and I don't do it. So <laughs> it is what it is. We're back now, episode twenty four, Kobe episode. Speaking of Kobe and that type of shit, did you see the game yesterday? I was listening to it on the way up. Uh-huh. I'm surprised. Like, listening to it is such like hearing a uh, John Ireland. He was like, he does a really good play by play. But then it's also like, yeah, this play-by-play would be useless if I'm watching the game. Yes. Yeah. Like, did you uh, did you hear that uh, crazy LeBron dunk? Yeah. Okay. And then I that saw it on crazy. Twitter afterwards. I was just like, you look like you're floating. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing play. Anyways, we fucking lost. Uh, AD's yeah. out with a fucking growing strain. Do so. we know how long? Yeah. At least for game five. At least for game five. So in my mind, I'm just like, all right, I guess LeBron's going to fucking turn back the clock 10 years and he's going <laughs> to yell at everybody to do something that and and i really gasol drummond and harold need to step up i'm, I'm gonna need in the, in the drummond post. to stay on the bench go ahead and put big daddy mark in because i'm fucking done with drummond uh, he did he had a good game too he had an okay game and then All mark came last... in and made us look way better yeah especially in that second half but it was the flip in in uh game two in game two i saw uh drummond was like just being a beast on the boards and Gasol was looking a little slow on defense. I remember thinking he just—he moves funny, just watching yeah. him. I—I I don't. I like he move. He moves slower than Drummond, but Drummond just gets his lunch eaten every fucking play by Aiton. It, it seems like yeah. it to me. Like at least the spacing feels better. Mm-hmm. Like I think offensively, Gasol can do more for us. Oh especially, yeah, hundred percent. But, but Drummond can dominate the boards better than anyone else. Yeah, because he blows layups like nobody, <laughs> nobody's business. He's out there get, missing two fucking point blank layups, <laughs> and so he collects two rebounds. Yeah, fair point. Uh, fair he, point. I, he's just yeah. I I'm not happy with his performance and like that signing. I'm like. Uh, I, I I was super excited like when we when we got him. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. LeBron's gonna make him look good, but I don't know. I don't know if we're getting exposed by a better big man or what. Cause okay, yeah, I'd say after AD, Aiden's definitely the best big man on that court. Um, yeah, but I think we just we have so many more bodies that we can just wear him down. Like he's the only big guy on the Suns. And if he's matching up with like three, I mean, if AD was in four different big guys over the course of the game, he's going to be gassed. He's not going to be able to play at that caliber seven games. Yeah, but then they got other options, and then we can't score yeah. if we have uh, our fucking our got Drummond out yeah, there, no, and then Kuzma not being yeah, able to knock shit down in the clutch. I think Kuz is definitely is the person I'm griping with the most right now. Me too. Even though like I have to give him credit because he's at least there on the defensive. Yeah, end, that's true. And uh, in the effort, like statistics, you know, yeah. he's hustling for the rebounds and shit. Yeah, like no, that. I I see that for sure. Like when I'm watching him, like it's just he can't make a goddamn shot. But he, I'm like, he but does... where are your fucking points totals yeah. from three years ago? Because that's what that's what we need. Like defensively, I think we're a pretty good. Like everyone knows their parts defensively. We just need the offense, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna get any easier if AD. <laughs> He's not in there. No. So who 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 do you think starts? 
They're going to fucking watch. He's going to be Marc Gasol, and I'm going to be like, bravo, Frank Vogel. You made the right move. He might start both of them like he did. Because uh, he started AD and Drummond in game two. Right. So I, AD was playing the four, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like Gasol and Drummond are traditional fives. See, I would put Mark, really I would four. park Gasol at the five and then fucking get Montrez out of the doghouse yeah. or whatever the fuck is going on. Yeah, I know. Harold really, we need him. We need him playing him like he was with the Clippers yeah, last year. Five. He could be a four. I'm like, yeah. he doesn't, like, he gets exposed as well if he's having to play with a good five. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happened with the Clippers last year. The, yeah. You know, like, and they were playing him and it's like, well, all right, just get feasted on in the paint then. <laughs> so I think I'd like to see Montrez at the four, and fuck, or I mean, maybe it'll be Kuzma, but I don't know. I like I like the idea of getting Harold and Tht. We need our energy guys in there, man. Yeah, he got a couple misses last fucking yeah. Yeah, since we were getting <laughs> they gave him the garbage like, time. I was like, I, I'm I'm liking Gasol when he's in there. But then that fucking turnover killed our momentum, and then the two blown layups. Yeah. Like, we were within 10 at one yeah. point, and you could see it, like, while watching the game. I'm like, okay, this is this is the run. Like, yeah. we got, like, under four minutes just barely. They fucking just, LeBron just bullied in for a layup. Okay, here we go. We got it to 10. Yeah. And then they got a turnover. Mark is at the, is at the top of the key. And then, boom, pa, pa, turnover. Yeah. And then, boom. They score a layup or a three, and Take then the we miss two. We miss two layups. I'm like, it's over. Close yeah. the laptop. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I stopped listening around that. I think we're uh, we're down by like ten with a minute left. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, this exactly. Like I'm like, back. this is done. We're good. I like they just subbed out LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna win this for us by scoring ten points in yeah. thirty seconds or whatever? I was about to pull up McGrady. Hey, right, like Caruso's gonna be our savior, hopefully. <laughs> but I have faith. Yeah. I have faith. <laughs> I guess it's finally a, a series that's, that's making us sweat. Yeah. Haven't had, we didn't have one last year, did we? Not really. I mean, we sweat a little bit at the beginning of it because like, we all they dropped the first one. What are they going to do? And then Lakers are five, Lakers are five, Lakers are five. Yeah, exactly. Five. So I'm like, oh, now. And then we were never really like Miami. We never, come on, let's be honest. Like We knew yeah. we were, we yeah. were getting it. They just got bounced too. Yeah, you I saw know. That? Yeah, swept. <laughs> Surprised. Me too. I still don't take the Bucks that seriously. I still think the Sixers or the Nets are going. Bucks Sixers. I take the Sixers over the. I Bucks, think the Sixers so. too. I yeah. Trust the process. Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know what it is about Milwaukee. I mean, even having Janice, it's like, I you're not. I can't I mean, see you as a contender. Um, I mean, they're contenders. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't but say no, I don't, they're no not going to beat the Nets. I don't think no they're going to beat the Sixers. The Someone's beating the fucking Nets. What about us with AD? We're beating the Nets, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody in the East is beating the Nets. I mean, yeah, the best chance, I think, is the Sixers. And even then, like, Simmons needs to somehow switch it on for the first time. They got a squad, though. Like, Like, Harris has been balling out. Yeah, Tobias Harris and Embiid has just been unstoppable. They got a good defense, too. Yeah. Matisse Tybal on the bench. They got their shooters. Yeah, they got a really good squad. They got got some key pieces from us. They got Dwight. They have Danny Green. Mm -hmm. They got shooters. I would have loved Dwight right now. Yeah, right? would have loved Dwight in there. Just five or six fouls to throw at Aiton or whoever the big <laughs> man is. And we lost JaVale. Yeah, yeah. Like that too. So, I mean, like, yeah, that we swapped. Essentially, JaVale and Dwight go. We get Drummond and Gasol, which, yeah. I mean, I guess on paper sounds okay. I'll take, I'll take Mark over JaVale, but... I think what Dwight does is exactly what we need as opposed to what Drummond does. Yes. Yeah. 
But I think if I like, oh, you know, you're starting a starting five, I think I'd still I'd take Drummond. I don't know. Over Dwight. How many times is Dwight gonna go ahead and post up with eighteen left on the clock and then just airball it? <laughs> he knows that's not his game. <laughs> true, true, true. Exactly. He knows that's not his game. Yeah. So I mean yeah, yeah. I think Dwight he has his his role is more yeah, tailored. Like now. that's what I was you so put happy the, about. He solidified what he yeah, what his role is. He's like, I'll live in this space and I'm not gonna try to do the fucking thirty foot hook or whatever the fuck he was doing, remember? <laughs> Stop doing that, yeah. and then yeah. He, and then I think Drummond is in that price. If he is gonna make this change, you know, if he's gonna be with us for more than one year, we'll see what happens. Starting to question this. that. Yeah. Question that. I mean, I, I would too. Same I with Schroeder. It's, it's fair. Same with Schroeder. Like I, I don't know. Like it, maybe it's not fair either with like uh, all the COVID shit and like mm-hmm. him being out of the lineup. I'm like, well, this might have been just a one year thing. I'm like, Rondo's, yeah. Rondo's presence was fucking yeah. Chef's kiss last it year. It was. It was like yeah, exactly what we needed. Yeah, but we had you know, a good we'll squad see. last year. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's get into the actual PSP, <laughs> the actual pop science podcast. Um, so let's start with this first story. NASA. This is off of Wired.com. NASA's Moxie experiment is making oxygen on Mars. So I mentioned this to you. Like, yeah. This is kind of in 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 uh, the Martian, which is what I immediately thought of. That hydrolysis. Hydrolysis. Yeah. Is- I, actually, I don't remember if hydrolysis is the breaking of water or the putting together of water. I, think I saw it's the, the word breaking. in here, so... I think it's the breaking up of water. So, yeah, you get your... Separate your hydrogen. You know, obviously, I'll go over the brief primer for people. Yeah. H2O, right? That is two hydrogen molecules, one oxygen molecule, joined by a covalent bond. Hydrolysis is just sending electricity through that thing to break those things together. Then you end up with oxygen, and you end up with hydrogen. This is important for Mars... Because obviously there's no atmosphere, we cannot breathe. So we are going to have to either A, take our own oxygen with us, which is a bunch of unnecessarily heavy tanks on a payload, or we make our own oxygen there. Make our own. And that is what uh, the Perseverance rover has a setup on its, you know, it's the size of an SUV. You can fit a lot of experiments on there. Moxie is one of those experiments. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm like, if we want to be able to sustain, you know, oh, yeah, whatever that's, operations. Yeah, yeah that's like bare vital. Yeah, that's the foundations right now. They're uh, they're putting the Tim Duncan work in the fundamentals of what would be needed on Mars. The Tim Duncan work, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, to ultimately just have. Uh... Did you ever read Artemis by Andy Weir as well? I did not. It was that one. yeah, good. it was on my like it was in my radar, and then I kind of just forgot about it's it. Moon colony stuff. Okay. Um, they they have like these different uh so it's the, the big domes right whatever or whatever the fucking structure has to be for us to survive on like a different planet yeah and i think yeah they're they're those domes and then they have like these tunnels collecting it's like a, a mini like yeah. a martian hab setup yeah but huge right and i feel like i don't know why i feel like for some reason that's kind of what people gravitate toward when they think of a moon base anyway like how it would have to be like yeah mm-hmm. you know we'd have these big dome areas with our stuff in it and then you know you connect it to other dome areas with these tunnels yeah i, I think it's the most what like economical and also structurally sound yeah and all, like and then also yeah you need a barrier like between you and space because space will kill you dude one of the plot points is them uh because uh one of the protagonists works for like does like it's like there's like a gig economy mm-hmm. and so she picks up different gigs throughout the stations um like grunt work and stuff like that and yeah there's 
there's like a glass company or like they're obviously mining shit on the moon and so whatever the big i forget what the big industry is um they have to drill through like the outer layer to to get it back inside uh the moon the moon place i gotta remember what it's fucking called but it's it's really fascinating because they're like oh okay yeah we have this fucking dome but then you gotta have all these fucking security features to make sure that 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 shit doesn't go south because it's only just a fucking layer yeah yeah super fascinating um anyways trying to make oxygen it's pretty dope hopefully they i wonder how much they'll be able to get uh i think it went over there it said something about like running the experiment once gives like 10 to 15 minutes of breathing for a for a person uh just when we were kind of sifting through it right now Mm -hmm. but no yeah this is obviously like this is really groundbreaking stuff like this is this is literally the frontier of science right now and yeah it doesn't get really it, it's not like the primary like focus when you think of when you think of like the mars missions because you know you want all the glitz and the glamour and stuff but mm-hmm. you know yeah all, with, none of that is possible without any of this yeah so this is from dark it says hecht says hecht is one of the people cited in this article <laughs> it says that a four-person crew would only need about 1.5 metric tons of oxygen for a year for life support but about 25 tons of it to produce thrust from seven tons of rocket fuel yeah so it's like they're combining all these resources to then be able to separate them and make all this it's super it's just problem solving at its like finest yeah like okay how do we how do we solve this problem to not die it's the best it wouldn't be worth the complexity to bring a ton of equipment to make 25 tons of oxygen for the propellant yeah so there's all these pros and cons they have to weigh and like Um, yeah what's the most economical way to do it because yeah obviously you can only send so many things to mars you know you only have one so much money so much time to make that trip because you obviously want to do it when the rotations of the planets are aligned oh yeah what are the optimal conditions oh well aren't we uh sending a uh a lunar or like a test run later this year i want to say so to the moon oh to the moon because then we're landing fuck i don't know if this is one of the stories i pulled but uh no it's probably not but I thought I thought I read an article where they were saying the um, whatever the the moon mission is to land the first woman and the next man on Earth for oh, or I on do the remember. moon for the U.S. Yeah, they were doing the, the test run uh, unmanned uh, like later this year. I think. Oh, okay. I think I remember seeing something about that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I remember seeing that headline though too. So yeah, there's definitely some stuff in the works. Actually, let me go to this one. No, not this one. It was in one of the ones I think we had. Here we go. Companies and oh, yeah, yeah, space really... news. Companies and government agencies announced plans for a lunar rover projects. Yeah, it had to be here. Let me look through it real quickly. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, this one was a lot of the good stuff we had. Like uh, Toyota, GM are going to be in some partnerships with their pr- respective space agencies to get to get some rovers up on the moon, which, I mean, that'd be... I've, ah, what is the movie with... Uh, not drive. Transformers? No, Ad Astra. I haven't seen it yet. Ah, there's... It's good? Yeah, it's good. There's, like, a scene where there's, like... Obviously, like, the moon base is in one small area, and, like, the rest of the moon is kind of, like, uncharted territory, but there's, like... I mean, I guess they'd essentially be space pirates. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, so they have pretty much, like, this kind of rover shoot-off, or this, like, the two moon rovers going through just kind of, like, shooting out at each other. So that was that was a pretty interesting action sequence. So I didn't find it in this article, and maybe it is in there, but I'm obviously talking also. <laughs> Yo, producer, get on this. 
um what was the headline of this companies and government agencies announced plans oh yeah so just more uh like private public partnerships i guess um going on here with uh the manufacturers for the rovers and nasa and mm -hmm. those type of companies for the artemis um the artemis missions anyway this is cool because uh, it just makes me think of okay then what are all these economics in space you know yeah like once because yeah you have all these ca uh companies trying to get in on it obviously and like you see it with like blue origin and what is it dynetics mm -hmm. uh being uh, some of the space appealing, yeah appealing yeah. some of the spacex contracts or whatever and so i'm like ooh, who's gonna be fighting like infighting in space between all these companies all right, and i'm imagine. like who's gonna try to cut corners or you know like the normal shit companies do down here yeah I mean, yeah, like just capitalism is still going to be capitalism. In exactly. Space. Just magnified in space <laughs> or with whatever that brings. Have right. you seen the movie uh, Moon? That, no, I haven't seen that so one. That's a, okay, you should watch that one. Okay. Um, I'll watch that after you watch that one. That's, um, there's, what's his name? Sam. He's one of those good actors. He was in Birdman, I think. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell? Yeah. Okay. He's he's the protagonist in that. Anyways, uh it's uh he's up there working for uh maintaining um a mining equipment for uh, for a company drilling on the moon. Mm -hmm. And um like as it reveals itself like who he actually is and shit like that, um you're like, Oh, this would make financial sense for them to do this. Um to make this choice as far as who's working at the station. Yeah. And you just see him fucking going out and making sure the shit's, like, working fine. And it's mm. only him on the fucking place. So they're, like, the mo the most minimal amount of resources we could send to yeah. keep this operation going. You know what? That kind of reminds me of, too, one of the uh, the love... The, in the first season, the Love Death Robots, when they have, like, the satellite. Per the, the astronaut that's out, like, working on the satellite. Oh, did you show me that one? Because I haven't seen all of them. I, I want to... I think so. One. And then I, I remember there's a comment she makes. She's like, oh, well, we used to send two people out to do this. Now, like, you know, yeah, like business, like basic business shit. Now we're doing more work with less people. And that's, I mean, right. yeah, like that's still in the MO of corporate America. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's obviously like, oh, some shady shit could be done here, too. So yeah. like when I mentioned cutting corners, like, oh, try to find a person who demands the least. Right. So you got this guy up there. Maybe he doesn't have a family. Maybe mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Right. And so then you don't have to worry about all those fucking things, and you yeah. save you save costs, <laughs> and you get to have your shit on the moon. Yeah. So, that's, uh, that's keep an eye on these motherfuckers. We got who do we got? We got Toyota to keep an eye on. GM is in there too. GM to keep an eye. Lockheed on. Martin. Yup. SpaceX, uh, Dynetics, Blue Origin, all of these. Yeah. Keep an eye on. Them. Yeah, so the moon, uh, the moon's gonna get a lot of action pretty soon. The moon's gonna be popping. Moon is gonna definitely start looking like uh, Transformers. Soon. <laughs> or did it? Did they just die there? What happened there? No, a ship crashed there. That's what happened, right? Was it? Oh yeah, I think <laughs> the, so. the Michael Bay movie. Yeah, the it, dark side of the it moon. It crashed into the dark side. Yeah, and so we'll never, that we've never seen it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was also. <laughs> so yeah, about the moon. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson also talked about like uh, some of the forces that the moon exerts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I have to go back and listen to it, and I'll make points because I'm just gonna butcher the fucking the whole discussion, <laughs> the discussion points here. But I, I didn't understand like um, tidal forces on like that, or like sort of like, like the specifics of it. So right. like uh, the misconception people have um, of like when 
when those forces are at work. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, a lot of people have the idea that a, a full moon exerts stronger tides. Oh, Shit like that. Yeah. So he got into that nitty gritty and I just hadn't, I, like, it was some stuff that I didn't know. So I'm going to go back and come to that episode because okay. there's some good talking points in there. Oh, but yeah, no, okay. I can see. I Just kind of off of that primary, I could see probably what he thinks people are interpreting with that. Like, yeah, there's still as much moon out there even though it's not exactly. lit and up then, as um, much. Yeah, but the reason why, uh, like, uh, tides may, like, feel bigger or be stronger is because the sun is also exerting uh, yeah. forces at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like, people, yeah, that was, uh, I remember hearing that point a while ago. I In a similar situation, um, yeah, like, the sun's obviously the thing with the most gravity, you know, like, oh, yeah, solar system. Sense. So. Yeah, you're like, huh, it, it adds to the tides. Makes yeah. sense. Makes complete sense. Yeah. So there was just a couple, aha, yeah. thank you, Neil. Thank you. <laughs> Get back out there and keep talking space and science. Uh, let me go to a different story here. Do you want to talk to, about this one or any of the ones we brought up? Uh, I think as far as like moon ones, that's it, right? Oh, actually, that one is really interesting. Cool yeah. One. I mean, we're talking about sending cargo loads into space and everything. So yeah, we'll keep it well into up. space. Okay. So this is uh, from sciencealert.com. Obviously reputable. Did not check any of these. Um so the headline is uh, NASA is launching glowing baby squid and 5,000 tardigrades into space. So tardigrades, for people who don't know, are water bears. They're like they're for people super... who don't know what water bears are. <laughs> Good. They're these super tiny, like uh, microscopic organisms. So don't honestly think... pretty adorable looking. Too. They yeah they have a among scientists they have a like they looks like they have like a little. <laughs> chubby arm they look like something off of star wars uh, um they're super tiny like about a hundred nanometers in length so you know if i was thinking immediately like oh they're sending water bears into space like how much space is that gonna take up no pun intended no, yeah no no fucking space <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like the tardigrades are tiny so you know and they're also one of the hardiest life forms here on earth mm-hmm. um you know because they're so small they just have this survivability that's insane. Um, you know, it's saying they could be like pretty much in the bottom trenches of the ocean and be able to survive that depth, that pressure from the water. They can take radiation um, and, you know, they can essentially be in, in space in that vacuum without oxygen. They can survive there for a good amount of time. So, I mean, I don't know exactly what they'll be monitoring or what uh, the experiments will entail of sending them out there. But, you know, those little jellyfish and the tardigrades... You know, there's some of the hardiest creatures that can survive in some of the most extreme conditions here on Earth. So yeah, it'll be it'll be yeah. good data collection for like just space travel for humans mm-hmm. for a bio- for a biological uh, life form. Yeah. Okay. What can we learn from these little guys who can withstand better, like, you know, these in- extreme forces, and what what characteristics of their biology allows them to to you know be okay in those in those yeah. conditions that maybe we can then adapt yeah. and you know incorporate into you know our space travels i think yeah what i would like to say with this maybe is because they can survive so like extreme situations we'll probably learn some of the fundam- fundamentals maybe of like space and like being in space for prolonged periods of time because right now what we have is mainly just i think what mark kelly being on the iss for a little over a year and that's like the mm-hmm. most extreme space um exposure we have for people and obviously if you want to go to mars you're probably going to need to be able to be out yeah you're going to be out there a little longer so we need to kind of learn what those effects are 
and you know yeah being able like tardigrades only being um sensitive to certain like space ailments i don't know, like the radiation and mm-hmm. i don't know solar winds or whatever like extreme temperatures right so we'll be able to kind of isolate some of those variables see how those things affect these microorganisms and then you know yeah how you're saying pretty much hopefully it gives us more of that mars um foundation mm-hmm. that fundamentals yeah the, the the more info we got about how we can yeah. survive in the conditions the better so that's so that's pretty exciting is. yeah yeah what, what to say where astronauts hope to identify the specific genes responsible for the teensy animals remarkable yes. feats. so yeah we're trying to have fucking armored right. shells and <laughs> just just have like a shirt of tardigrades. <laughs> just oh, dude! Stitch them all together. Yo, we're gonna be like fucking. Uh, what are those sea animals that have the fucking fish just cleaning them off or oh, whatever? Yeah. That's gonna be us. We're gonna be have a symbiotic relationship I'll, with these motherfuckers. Okay, well I'm glad. Yeah, so and that's a little like when I was I was like thinking corpses. So yeah, a symbiotic relationship might be. I mean, a it could be better. dead if you want. Fine. Jeez. <laughs> I just they could be in tun state. What? <laughs> in their uh, in their yeah. uh, you know their their, their, their check how we can rehydrate them. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. That'd be Have pretty a funny. water bear outfit. Yeah, <laughs> water bear suit. Or just so all like the spacesuit will look like a giant tardigrade. Hey man, whatever works. <laughs> I'm sure if it comes down to some gross shit like that, if it was the only option, or not even if it was the only option, it was the mm-hmm. best option. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, whatever. Throw on a slime suit or whatever. Right. Yeah, bust a Cruella Deville and make a suit out of their skins. Yeah, hey, whatever. <laughs> They're I mean, tidy. Yeah, we could spare these guys. They I don't mean, got brains, I'm sure. I wonder how much we would need though, because they're tiny. Probably a shit ton. couple trillion. Right. Like, it'd be great if they could eat plastic and then just how, get all the plastic do, feed it to them. Do these things, rep- I'm assuming these things reproduce or... Mm-hmm. Uh, how? I don't know. Per se. I don't know exactly how they do that. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, they'll be found, like, in um like in the bottom of the ocean, like, where, like, the super geothermal vents. Oh, yeah, the fucking... Like, the super extreme hot temperatures. Oh, like, some... Like, they are, these I'm... motherfuckers probably are, the, are some of the ones that get eaten by those other fish, too, down there. Probably. That can survive in those fucking... yeah. Just tox, toxic uh, fucking environment, plumes. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy down yeah. there. I know they do a lot of studies. Actually, there was that fish that just washed up too. I think. Did you see that one at all? It was like all black fish. It looked like the one from Finding Nemo that had the little really light in front of it. Yeah, it like washed up on a beach, and it just it's like super black. And I was like, wait, what the heck? And then you think about it for a second. There's no light down in the bottom of the ocean, so yeah. So why would these animals have any pigmentation? This guy. That is the yeah. That's the picture. Uh, this thing looks like it was just drenched in an oil spill. Yeah, but I mean, like, holy shit. And like, it, it has like it has little like cavities in its face where its eyes would be. Uh huh. But then also, oh, I mean, actually, it makes its own light, so potentially, yeah, it could. You see. don't. Hmm. But I think that might actually be its natural color, because yeah, like down that deep. There is no light. But you th- so how you would evolve, you wouldn't need pigmentation during your evolution. But wouldn't you want to have like an albino type skin pigmentation to absorb as much light as you could, given that you don't get like basically any down, down there? Unless your biological like systems don't need light. Yeah, I think that's probably more so what it is. Like It was like, oh, well, there's no light down here anyway, so maybe it just kind of got rid of all of that you know not how the natural selection thing works because like I, I i can see why this works for humans and melanin mm-hmm. i can see why you know the the color gradient there is there yeah but then hmm. yeah like that this 
It's cr- even its Camouflage? teeth, dude. Even its teeth are super black. We sure this thing didn't fucking go through an oil fucking? <laughs> I don't believe so. I don't think it did. I think like deep sea fish are probably just this color. The Pacific football fish looks like that's what it's fucking yeah. called. Yeah, it's at perfectly preserved condition. I would I think if you went going through an oil spill, you're not perfectly preserved. Unless it was like the top layer. We slipped them out. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, even just that's it's it's a terrifying picture. It is. It's fucking. You should yes. probably just use this as the <laughs> as, should, as the image for this episode. I should right. These are fucking monsters you fight like in an underwater level somewhere. This thing is gross looking. Yeah, but no, yeah. So I was like thinking, yeah, like that was such a big part of like me at like when I first saw that. I'm like, why is it that color? Like, why does it look just that fucking black? black? What if it was dead forever? I wonder if they've talked. About, oh, hold on. I mean, that was another thing too because like the pow when you're in that kind of what we we're talking about the tardigrades as well. Like that's a deep sea creature, so obviously like pressure being exerted on it. You know, when it comes up to the beginning of the the top of the ocean right it's its body's gonna change significantly and mm-hmm. so you know who maybe like this pigmentation is one of those things that change so maybe it does it would per se have color down there if you could see it you know what though if it was a lighter color motherfucker would get spotted like that no well there's no light it does, like it doesn't matter with his motherfucking lights on i mean he could i wonder if they can actually i don't know if they can control light like I don't that know. I, I have this little video going right now this thing looks pretty funky is that a little anglerfish dick <laughs> Is that his dick? I like the the picture that I'm looking at of this anglerfish. Uh, yeah, we should probably have to link to this article now. <laughs> dude, it's really sorry. Yeah, it's really cool. Just the way that it has all these fucking strands. Yeah. Oh shit. Give me a gun. Yeah, like I would be. I'm sure stuff down there would give anyone nightmares. Dude, yeah, I'm terrified of most sea things. It's not our world. It's yeah. not our yeah, world. It's true. That's fucking we share the domain it. of yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's not ours. We're on the same planet, but those motherfuckers might as well be aliens. Yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. I feel like too, that's so crazy to me that you know, yeah, like there are parts of our earth that aren't as well understood as some things millions of miles away in space. Yeah. That is also a very Which which makes it make sense why they're sending some of these tardigrades and jellyfish. I'm right. Like, they're basically aliens. If yeah. <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers can probably be all right up there too. It's nuts. Anyway, that anglerfish was fucking crazy. Yeah, terrifying stuff. Makes me uh, want to just do, like, I think I mentioned it before, like an ocean episode on a couple things. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. And speaking of oceans, though, I did have another one in here. Where is it? Here we go. Oh, the, the uh, coral reefs. Yeah, so headline on this one is, this is on phys.org, so phys.org. Um, climate change-resistant corals could provide lifeline to battered reefs. Finally, some good news out of the ocean news because mm-hmm. usually it's all coral bleaching overfishing yeah. people still killing whales that type of shit yeah apparently too california we have a really big sea urchin boom um like there's a lot of sea urchins yeah there. and like it's not good so i sea urchins if i'm remembering yeah no this is this is correct uh sea urchins eat kelp pretty much like kelp forests and they're just like wrecking a lot of the kelp forests that we have on the california coast and um the reason they're population is getting like it's just booming one is because like the kelp forests are actually doing a pretty like they're they're Working. thriving but they're getting eaten so much that we're losing a lot of that kelp forest um space and then also apparently sea stars 
formerly known as starfish, but I guess you know the marine biologist people wanted to change that starfish. Oh, not a fish. Yeah, so they start calling them sea stars. Okay. Um, are they eat these urchins? But they had like some kind of epidemic, pandemic thing go through them that wiped out a lot of their. They had a COVID nineteen. Not COVID nineteen per se, but essentially like yeah, like they got a a sea star plague or something. Fuck. Hurt a lot of their their numbers, and so now these sea urchins are just growing out of control, tearing up a lot of ecosystems in the coast. And so like some people in like the SF Bay, they're like feeding them. I mean, they're they're like catching them to cook them and like sell like they're. Trying all these different things to like. You can tell Japan to come through real quick. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I have you ever tried sea urchin? I, I have not. It's uh, I think the inside looks like yellow and like like apparently it's really good. So mm-hmm. I can see, yeah, like yeah, yeah, fucking harvest them and get them in the restaurants. Yeah. Um, because people do eat those things. Um, they're those spiky ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you climb those motherfuckers up. Apparently, the inside is like a buttery. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, like yellow umami type thing. So they put that shit on top of. Uh, I need that the supply lines for that ASAP. Yeah, I'm like, uh, we can we can. This is a problem we can fix. I'm like, fucking get people on sea urchins right now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking people like sushi. You can you can right. you can just need make a couple. A sell. Just need a couple key IG people posting. Isn't about exactly get the fucking influencers on influencers on it. Um, but isn't uh the kelp the kelp forest that's a big uh, provider of oxygen as well? No. Yeah, for the for underwater. The, yeah. Yeah, so it's all like it's contributing to what are called like what dead zones, parts of like big patches of the ocean where there's no oxygen in that mm-hmm. water, and so like yeah, fishes and everything they will like literally in, die, yeah. like if they're caught too long in that area. But this is finally yeah, this is some good news here about these you know having to find some corals that are a little resistant to the rising temperatures. Yeah, and it's cool because they're uh, so like the picture they have on the article is like a. Uh... It's like a little I'm underwater garden a, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, little like a, they have these grids, like these netted grids, and it looks like they're just fucking growing corals. Mm-hmm. So this is like one of those things where I think of like, okay, how are we going to fix uh, polluted uh, water or, or uh, plastics in the ocean or mm-hmm. whatever problem? Um, like we have to change the way we do things. Or that like people will make, make uh, this point, or human ingenuity will come through with a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, versus changing our behavior. Yeah, I'm like it should be a bit of both, honestly. It should be, it yeah. Easier. It should be it a little bit of everything. For everybody. Yeah, but you don't need to go as hard with the innovation if you just kind of dial down the destructive behaviors anyway. But then, like, yeah. the humanity's ability to innovate is like you read this and you're like, fucking yes, because how much faith do you have in everybody changing their behavior to you know? Fix no, this? yeah, that's like this is point. such a, a like a the magnitude of like a just a climate change and like mm-hmm. ocean temperatures and all that is uh it's too it's so large that you need to have these things yeah but you know which i guess i mean i guess when you look at it like both things are being done just to different degrees in different yeah. parts of the world so it's not like it's not being done i guess mm-hmm. anyways keep growing these reefs i, I remember seeing like a a satellite picture I think of the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. In Australia. Oh yeah, that's the one that's for sure like dead basically. Yeah. yeah. And I remember reading about that place like in middle school and and the textbook would be like, Oh fucking massive Great Barrier Reef. It's in fucking finding Nemo or whatever. Yeah. Just huge, right? Yeah, it's like a stay one of the seven wonders of the world, I think. Exactly. And then oh half of it is being bleached and just fucking like ghost towns for coral reefs essentially. Just 
fucking it's nuts the ocean and you try to apply the same logic that you do with like plants up here or at least i do and i'm like what it, it's it, you, you it's not one to one you can't do oh it. yeah no yeah, yeah like thing yeah how you were saying basically underwater is like an alien world like the rules the rules for biology down there are very different than they are up here and that's what's like yeah i mean that's what's part of the reason it's so intriguing but then part of the like that also is like do we really know what we need to do to like fix it yeah right and, yeah like all these macro changes yeah so and we're, then we're not completely sure how it affects that world mm-hmm. the water world yeah that's bonkers. So, you know, we need Aquaman to come out and be like, hey, guys, this is. <laughs> we got to change everything. We're going to get uh, dolphins, like, in like 100 years. That just like, hate humans. We've been working on how to communicate with humanity. They come out, they stick their heads, they got a fucking. <laughs> Call out. A fucking uh, transmitter attached. They're, and like, they're hey, like, guys. Y'all been fucking us, man. <laughs> just, what are you guys doing? Yep. <laughs> fucking take our big guns and point it back at them. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a human response. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll turn it around, I think, especially with uh, motherfuckers growing these reefs. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you could probably put octopuses also in there oh, yeah. <laughs> with dolphins. Those actually, this was probably maybe a couple months ago. They have, like, video essentially of what looks like octopuses dreaming. And, like, they'll change Octopi- color. I, octopuses? I think it's octopuses. I think I you're right. I don't think it's octopi. Cause I, I, remember, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they were, like, essentially, they were sleeping, and they were changing colors and, like, kind of behaving like they were coming in of, like, how we have our sleep cycles. We have, like, our REM sleep, and then we have the deep sleep. Mm -hmm. It looked like they were going through a very similar pattern, and they were, like, changing colors during that, like, what I guess you would think was, like, that dream state as opposed to the deep sleep. And that was really interesting, too, just because, like, what do we have in common with with right octopuses Mm -hmm. but then their brains still kind of need that same level of like i guess you'd call it self-care you know when you're sleeping like that we have that in common is pretty interesting in itself as well they have like eight hearts it's something like seven hearts yeah it's something crazy like more than one brain i think i want to say that's we could check that but i inclined to say yes let's see let's see the brains of an octopus. I want to say it is, but we'll find out. And they can send nine. Nine, nine brains. brains. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a lot of fucking brains. And so they have localized and centralized control over their actions. So I would assume that's like probably what internal regulation stuff. Yeah, well, that's mean, crazy. Fuck. Yeah, if you got that many brains. Then you got the big daddy brain who's like, all right, little brains delegate. Or, or not yeah. even little brains, just other brains yeah. in charge of this region of my body. Okay, make sure you're on top of your shit. And if not, let that fucking tentacle so octi- go. Yeah, octopuses, they're going to come out. They're just going to point their big guns at us. And Seriously. And they have three hearts. Yeah, okay. That's crazy. And they can fucking squeeze all those fucking parts through tiny holes. I know, right? Yeah. Like, Can you imagine slurping your fucking brain through a hole? <laughs> just... Oh, being okay on the other side i mean with the skeleton no <laughs> yeah the way we're built no but hey like we were saying water world's different oh they have slightly different roles okay so one heart circulates blood around the body while the other two pump it past the gills oh okay, okay. that makes sense because i mean yeah in the end of the day what the heart is just a yeah, biological motor cycling yeah it's basically just it's your engine pumping things pumping liquids 
Bro, but the nine fucking brains is the most impressive. Nine brains is insane, yeah. Each eight arm, eight, yeah. Each of the eight arms has a mini brain that allows it to act independently. Whoa. And then there's the big brain. Okay, that's crazy. Dang. So it's like, you could have two tentacles just like fighting with each other or something. <laughs> like, I wonder if they can Bitch, all. I'm stronger. Da da da. I wonder if they'll have like little personalities and stuff and like <laughs> that'd be funny that'd be fucking <laughs> hilarious you one fuck one fucking skulls or one uh tentacles the rebels like man i want to be different fucking yeah. gets eaten like half of it eaten all right we're good or whatever <laughs> could have pulled away from the shark but chose not to pixar get on it yeah pixar get on this you shit know, I'll, I'll make that a i'll make that a children's story god yeah this octopus doing his thing well, I mean, you just look at them. They're so imposing. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I guess you could say that about a lot of things in the ocean. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it kind of makes me feel a little bit bad for the times I've eaten them. Oh, ceviche. that's why I stopped eating them. <laughs> Legitimately, like, I don't, like, I enjoy octopus. Yeah. But I'm, like, I think I I'm. I think I'm in that process because it's been a while anyway. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten mariscos in, like, hell long anyway. Um, and then, like, yeah, kind of, like, learning all this stuff about octopus during that unintentional hiatus uh-huh. was, like... I don't know if I can go back to it now. I feel that's exactly what happened to me. It had just been some time, some years that I had yeah. hadn't had octopus, and then I like the opportunity was there to have some, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" I like yeah. now I know. But then it's like I mean they're already dead. <laughs> sure, you're right. That's, there's an argument to be made there. I'm like, don't let don't let's not squander uh, food here. But I'm like, I can't in good conscience be like, yeah, I partake. So yeah. I stopped doing it. But you're right. If it's already done, fucking. <laughs> damn you're turning me around on this shit <laughs> fuck it if they're dead i'll eat them but i won't support <laughs> there's, yeah, there's fucking half measure just there's some nuance co- half compromise my beliefs <laughs> oh uh, man that's funny but no i mean look at this guy i just look at it, i'm like this looks like some fucking wizened yeah it does you know like, it, it looks brain. like a fantasy character that's just some all-knowing creature. Yeah, it's the fucking sage you go to or whatever. You go get your wisdom from this motherfucker. This is your Buddhist master. <laughs> just fucking nuts. Yeah, we should we should have an ocean episode. Yeah, that'd be, be fun. That'd be really cool. Um, what do you want to jump to? Mm, the Chandra Observatory. More space. I want to do some. Yeah, we could switch it up. Actually, this. So what was this one here? So this was talking about you're talking about the smoke that was found yeah. In the ice so course. so the headline on this one, um, oh yeah, I, I even did start introducing this. Uh, a fiery past sheds new light on the future of global climate change. So what I got from it, just going through it, is essentially, um, you know what? I'll just start reading a little bit of it and see if it gives us some stuff here. Uh, so centuries-old smoke particles preserved in the ice reveal a fiery past in the southern hemisphere and shed new light on the future impacts of global climate change, according to new research published in Science Advances. Up till now, the magnitude of past fire activity, and thus the amount of smoke in the pre-industrial atmosphere, has not been well characterized, said Peng Fei Lu, a former graduate student and postdoctoral fellow at the Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering. All right, fucking long-ass name. (laughs) And first author of the paper. These results have importance for understanding the evolution of climate change from the 1750s, until today and for predicting future climate so basically like this is uh, gonna help them reconfigurate their models of how climate change is trending like you know what how the number of degrees or whatever yeah. that it's in- increasing um, given past trends yeah 
And so I think too, kind of when we were going through this before, was that there are these. I think too it was important too that it mentioned like the southern hemisphere, uh, specifically because mm-hmm. we have a lot more forests there, like the rainforest and all that. And so obviously, yeah, people back then probably did some degree of burning of that forest just for their own agricultural needs and their own cultural, you know, just the stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how they lived their day to day life. And so being able to find that smoke essentially in the ice core helps us characterize yeah that human influence on what would have previously been like pre-industrial exactly. carbon being released into the yeah because i remember i mean i remember learning about uh mesoamerican cultures yeah um and like the aztec specifically with uh what is it the cut and burn or the yeah i think like they uh every so often they would yeah like pretty much burn one burn field everything. yeah and then let the nutrients kind of get reabsorbed and then move on. Yeah, how they had their mm-hmm. kind of rotating plots. Yeah, the, like what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. like cycle the land. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I think they mentioned that here. Let's see. Most of this was caused by widespread and regular burning practice by indigenous indigenous peoples in the pre-colonial period. Yeah. So that makes, I mean, that makes complete sense yeah. when, when you look at like what they were doing as far as, you yeah. know, just existing. So then in, in current climate models, when we're like, oh, well, like these are like how obviously, yeah, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is way 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 beyond pre-industrial levels and all that and so now this is important because we have to kind of redefine that quote-unquote pre-industrial levels Mm -hmm. because a lot of this human activity wasn't taken into account then yeah and it obviously affected any changes in in global temperatures and definitely in in like the record you could see of uh, the ice cores yeah so this would be what potentially mildly good news yeah, I would say I would say this would trend more positive than negative. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got a couple somewhat lighthearted, not so much doom and gloom articles in here. Saying a doom and gloom show? No, nope. <laughs> and when you talk about science, a lot of things gets doom and gloom though. It can, but then, <laughs> you know, it's the way we deliver it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not delivered like a. So guys, uh, how we're all gonna die? This. Yeah. They've moved the clock one more uh, minute towards midnight. (laughs) The doom clock. (laughs) Yeah, the doomsday clock, whatever the fuck it's called. I used to be so fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, this is kind of just subjective. Yeah, it's just just these couple of scientists. You're deciding? Okay. Yeah. It's not like some natural, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, it's not as cool. It's still the fact that the thing is there. Yeah. Like, oh, we've moved it three seconds or whatever the fuck. And the fact that it's still pretty close to... Yeah, how impending yeah. all of us dead. Yeah, like it's it's easy it's easy to move it like right up to midnight when it's the Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis. Yeah. Oh, oh, so here it is, you guys. I didn't know or... we were close to fucking bombing each other. Thanks. <laughs> Imagine though changing that actually like sets the that's, off. <laughs> that's the thing that changed. Like you move it away from midnight, everyone starts like just behaving better. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. We so should test that out. Some... <laughs> just a placebo effect. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, fucking turn that shit to hey. like what's the, what one p.m. Oh yeah. no, because then you can make the argument we're dead. <laughs> oh, we went so far <laughs> in the other direction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what this story was. Yeah, I think I think pretty good news, or at least not bad news. Yeah, I would say yeah, not bad news for sure. Mm-hmm. Un- unless it's like oh, our, all our models are wrong. We already went way past what we could have been allowed into. Dude, them. models are always wrong though you know yeah to a degree yeah there was you know no there's always being improved there so is no like, perfect model because that's no. why it's just a model that's what uh, not the data. what's that hulu show which hulu show uh the one with nick offerman we're in sb if you can hear that um 
It's a sci-fi show. It's about a. Uh, I've seen the trailers for it. It's I don't know. so good. I cannot believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, like um, yeah, they're they're doing like um. What is it? Determin they talk about determinism, fate, and then like uh, having models that anticipate mm -hmm. the future, essentially, or, or what's going to happen, or what what a creature is going to do. Yeah, and uh, it's really good. Like okay. they have this whole. It's very like. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem too far fetched either. Like mm -hmm. the, the the science, at least the, the mainstream stuff that they're delivering, makes sense. And like uh, the philosophical stuff going on there is really really good. Oh, all right. Very ex machina reminiscent. Um, the design is like it's very creepy, but like modern. It like okay, this is happening like at a Google campus. You so, can see that sci-fi with Nick Offerman on yeah. Hulu. Yeah, okay. sci-fi with Nick Offerman on Hulu. All right. Okay. Have to I don't remember the fucking name, but yeah, I'll look it up. So get that shit on right now. <laughs> you Nick. know, we'll just play an episode real quick. Yeah, just bear with us, Nick. Nick. No. Oh, Nick. Devs. It's called Devs. Oh, okay. Wait, so is that the one that's on FX then? Yeah, it's the one that was on oh, FX. Oh, okay, all right. Anna told me about this one a while ago. Yeah, very I good. didn't check it out, all right. Let me see if there's any good images. Yeah, they're just really good imagery. They're like out in the forest. It's, it's like a Google campus. Okay. And um, devs, obviously developers, so software company. Okay. But they're also working on this like side shit that's like super intense. Um, yeah. Very good. Highly recommend right. to anybody who's a fan of uh, sci-fi or things that we talk about. Devs. All right. Okay. Devs. I'm gonna have to put that one. That one will go on my list then. Yeah. Why did that come up? Um, we're talking about models. Oh yeah, and models. the like, changing the climate models from mm -hmm. uh, the last story we were talking about. Yeah, Just keep burning shit. It's gonna make the models better in the future when we left those out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the models will be super easy to use because it'll just show everything dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be easy at that point. <laughs> yes. This one, um, just very quickly. Cause there's not. I mean, this is more so just like, what do we think of these things? But um, what, 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 what LiveScience.com, and the headline on this is: Human lifespan may have an absolute limit of 150 years, and then after that, the, bo the human body can't repair itself. Okay. So the gist of that, I think, was it wouldn't be able to repair itself because of the resources it takes for your body, and so at that point, um the replications and obviously all the normal biological functions will have yeah it's been impaired gone through their life over. course yeah. yeah and so okay we, we can't do it anymore even if it's like minor injuries or minor recovery Probably just like yeah like you cut yourself and now you have to clot and yeah. make a scar and, and the demands at that point on on your body are too much so it's like okay it's interesting so this is the, the ultimate max maybe not ultimate but at least for a body like yeah like limit. your limbs and you know your muscles and probably i mean and i'm sure I would speculate that at some point we become somewhat like, oh, I need a new femur. Let me just go to the femur store. There's something like that in here where they talk about like replacing organs. Yeah. And um, this mm -hmm. reminds me always of a book. It was called, I don't remember exactly what the title was. There was Scorpion in the title though. And it was like, it must have been like a YA uh, science fiction um, when I was reading it. Um, and it, there was like this super rich guy uh who was like a warlord or one of these like I think a warlord or a drug lord one of those things mm. so top he had of a, a criminal of, enterprise exactly kind of. so he had all this money and he he had his heart replaced like five times so he had been living for a while and mm. essentially they were looking for a new uh, um, 
a volunteer where they could harvest uh, oh, replacement parts for him. So it was just shit like that hmm. where I'm like, oh, yeah, like we're already doing that, like yeah. to a to a smaller uh, degree with like amputees and people who just need yeah like, a different liver or kidney liver or whatever the hell is. transplant, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I wonder if there will be a limit put on that, you know, like, oh, we can't let you just – like if that yeah. becomes a viable path to extending life by, you know, a substantial margin, it's like – Hey, I mean, I feel like STEM research and, you know, we'd be able to essentially build these things, but then like, yeah, to get them tailored to, I mean, yeah, you'd probably need some part of like someone's DNA and building it. But I feel like there'd probably be some good, like genetic industries being able to build those out of stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, especially the way things are yeah. trending with the stuff we have now. But yeah, that would be, that. that's super interesting. And for me, I would say whatever the limit of the brain is, would be the hard limit. Like at one, because at some point too, like, yeah, like the brain does self-repair stuff. That's, you know, how we're talking about right now, like sleeping, that deep sleep, those REM cycles kind of helps from what some research has shown, kind of like clear your brain of like toxins that build up over time and stuff like that. So, I mean, I wonder, yeah, like what if when you're super old, you need to sleep like longer and longer for the brain to repair itself. And then at some point where it's just like you just need to sleep all day to like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then, like, that kind of, that's... You sleep all day, dead. Yeah, <laughs> basically. basically. I wonder, like, do you think there's a point, like, if you're replacing different parts, different organs, where you're, I guess it would be the brain, where it's not you? Where you're yeah, or, right, or and that's always the thing, too. Well, we could say that now, right? Like, how many times have all your cells completely died and then new cells regrew? Like, are you still you? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, everyone would, like... Like yeah, I still feel I still feel like me. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what we would say. But like, can like it, imagine we get to a point where like let's say yeah. somebody has had so many replacement uh, operations or whatever. Yeah. And whatever the um the unsubstantial part of humans is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Spiritual thing, like we can get a little woo woo, but like, because I do think there's something there. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a component of that in there somewhere. I'm like, does that change? Does that you know? Does that yeah. morph? Or... And to be honest, too, there's already some kind of creepy things, too. So, like, there'll be, like, yeah, how we were talking about earlier, like, oh, somebody got someone's kidney or someone got someone's lung or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there have been some cases where that happens, and then, like, the recipient, the person that's, like, lived from the surgery, they'll get, like, a trait of the person that, had like, oh, I like green beans now, but before I never, I fucking hated green beans. Yeah. So it'll be just, like, little innocuous things like that. Yeah, because I feel like that it's a... And I've mentioned it, this concept before previously, but like a genetic memory thing, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of thing that gets passed along. In well, the actually, there's some really interesting stuff about that, too. Really? Uh, yeah. And it's called I damn it. I don't remember the exact terminology of it, but it was some researchers that were looking at like how stress can like kind of be passed down through generations. And like mm-hmm. they, they were specifically like, you know, tying it to like racial trauma and stuff like that, like. You know, like your people went through this. Like, does that trauma or does that stress in any kind of way mm, get trauma, put down to your child? And they were able to find out that it did mm-hmm. um, through kind of like so. Think about like your DNA, right? Like almost like as a staircase or something. Mm-hmm. There are like little kind of learned trauma markers that are kind of pa- it's like a passed down um, that do show up in like the children, but they could also like you could still rectify that. So I think mm-hmm. I'll try to look up some of that stuff for maybe the next episode because it was super fascinating. Yeah, it sounds really cool. But to the short answer is yes. 
But just, but that's also not like, oh, just because, you know, one generation went through trauma, trauma will continue to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably like a higher likelihood of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not like it can be undone, essentially, feels, was the consensus. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a similar thing with uh, um, uh, obesity. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, like, parents who, are, who have been obese and who have uh, those lifestyle patterns of, of the way they eat and stuff, like there's a thing that gets passed. Like um, the child will be more pre-genetically dis- or predisposed. Yeah, I remember hearing that as things. well. Yeah, and that's solely because of whatever the actions uh, of, yeah. of, the, of the previous generation. Which again, those can be changed as well. But um, there's a genetic predisposition yeah. to to certain things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, so like that. A, epigenetics. I think epigenetics is the name of that kind of field. So it's like, it's not directly your genes, mm-hmm. but they're like little markers that interact with your genes that get kind of passed down. So yeah, I'll look. I'll uh, try to make a note to kind of look into the weeds of some of that stuff because that's that's really interesting stuff. Because can well. you imagine like you have uh, somebody else's arm or or right. uh, you know someone else's lung? You know you what that reminds pancreas. me of now too. Um, the the Android game D- Detroit because oh, there's yeah. like a like you're like Jesse Williams's character, right? He's his little robot thing Mm -hmm. he gets torn up and kind of like thrown in a junkyard with all the other old models and like yeah like part of you is just it's it's a super like gritty scene like it's kind of hard to play through yeah but you're basically like stealing parts off of other like half dead living androids and like building yourself like you're literally taking that guy's eye (laughs) and he's like telling you please don't and then you're like they're like i'm getting out of here yeah And then yeah, so it's like it's a super graphic scene, but it's it's pretty good uh, storytelling, I think. And like yeah, it, just, it totally reminded me of that mm-hmm. of that video game scene. Yeah, it, w- it would be interesting to like uh, get to a point where humans have all these replacement parts. And I I think you see it in like a what is it called? Uh, Blade Runner. What is that aesthetic called or that genre called? Oh, like uh, like a kind of a type of noir. I would ish. No, it feels um, like it, but cyber like, cyberpunk. Yeah. Okay. So. uh like uh, in some cyberpunk movies and like um, oh okay i got you where you have like androids or what is that there's another video game like, too uh deus ex deus ex uh-huh. so his his weapons and shit are they're all oh yeah like you know um, limbs that you know and he's been enhanced his vision he's replaced his eyes yeah. shit like that so i was thinking what if we get to a, a point where you've done so many of those things to where that thing i'm saying of where it's not you you have to like defragment something, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to okay reset um, whatever the the operating system is. Yeah. And kind of to kind of like a what is it system restore or something like that. Right. Can you yeah? How do you reboot a human with all these enhancements? Does that even do anything to the yeah. consciousness? Yeah, that'd be. That's fascinating. That's super we need to know more about the brain. Oh to, yeah. To be able to. All the yeah. imagine like mapping a brain like fully that would be someone could spend their whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiple well, generations can spend that can spend time on that project and yeah, it would be done like you mentioned earlier about uh, um, like I guess we go as far as the brain takes us mm-hmm. I think the brain can take us pretty fucking far I, yeah I think so too because <laughs> like, I think it can it can it can take us further than a lot of our, the other parts of our biology yeah. but then also it's super prone like there's so many neurodegenerative diseases so many like these guys are on it man yeah. the people treating uh, aging as a disease they're trying to Get get in there with the therapeutics to clean out the gunk. Right, and I rewire think, these connections. And I think part of that too is like, yeah, like oh, uh, we have to get a lot better at sleep science. 
Mm-hmm. I think like right, like me, give me a pod that'll give me like the optimal sleep conditions for my brain. You yeah, yeah. You also have to factor in okay, why aren't you getting sleep? Yeah. If you know, if, like, if all those. Issue. Yeah, and to be honest, too, like this isn't really even related to anything that we were talking about, but it was just like a thought that I kind of had the other day. I was like homelessness and mm-hmm. um, uh, like kind of like you know, are you homeless because you're crazy? Or are you crazy because you're home? Like some kind of like disorders, schizophrenia, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like think about how well a homeless person probably sleeps. Not well at all. And no. that's probably like directly contributing to so many of like, you know, all oh, like they're talking to themselves. Well, yeah, like probably, they probably did develop something because they're not like, how, where can they sleep? And like mm-hmm. sleep is so important and like kind of restoring all that basic brain function. Yeah, just falling into, yeah, like falling into that pit of homelessness will bring along so many things that are not good to try yeah. to, you know, move on or move forward. Mm-hmm. But like, like, I always tell people, like, if they're tired or if they're, I'm like, are you getting your sleep? That's like yeah. the baseline. Yeah. Like, if you're if you're not getting the optimal amount of sleep to recover and have your brain work. Yeah, because like if your brain's fucked, then you're fucked. Yeah. And if you're not sleeping, then your brain's fucked. Yeah. There's there's uh this these numbers and I guess uh, this example I always uh, refer to uh, when talking about sleep, but like the way doctors uh, operate, mm-hmm. like these long ass hours, right? Um, which were only established because of the guy who was uh, fucking with localized anesthesia and it was cocaine. So he was just doing cocaine, doing these crazy hours. And so everybody's like, we got to fucking live up to those standards. But they weren't doing cocaine. Um, anyways, so like the moral of the story is yeah, yeah, the, all these doctors got to start doing cocaine. Exactly. That's the exact moral of the story. <laughs> Get them on coke so we can, you know, have high performers. Get them all fucking that'll, speed that'll, it up. That'll fix the American medical system. But, um,. No, what was I gonna say? Uh, like, oh, the, the the increase in like um, surgical uh, mistakes or deaths goes up like 150 percent when when they're not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. There's this book called I don't know the, the guy who wrote it's Matthew Walker. He's a UCLA professor. Okay, sleep study all yeah. that all that shit, and uh, he had a couple other statistics like on the road, like like yeah, uh, the accident, number yeah. of accidents that go up on the road when you okay. don't have proper sleep fucking in the triple digits yeah and the triple digits increases i'm like holy fucking shit we just gotta get more sleep motherfuckers out here operating at 60 percent. i know and then too what i remember too and i partook in it and to a degree and i regret it now just like in college uh there's that whole like ah, i haven't slept in like 20 hours and like wearing that like some badge of honor yeah yeah that's not doing what that's for the past yeah Yeah. that's exactly for those days like oh that's not a thing yeah can't, it shouldn't be that. a thing yeah i can't just push sleep and then be like oh yeah. i'll go ahead and knock out 60 hours i think that's part of becoming an adult is like i like sleep now i look for like, yeah, when i was sleep. a kid i remember when i was a kid, like i hated sleep i didn't want to and i see that with the baby now too he's like fighting his sleep i'm like no you fool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's the whole like uh you're myth busting some things like yeah. uh, another one was uh multitasking is not a thing yeah like yeah. if you uh, at least if you down. want the quality to be there yeah. you know it's like you have to focus on it and be like okay i'm dedicating my time to do this thing yeah because otherwise yeah you're so much more effective things. yeah more yeah I, I remember when i learned that lesson as well that was a good lesson yeah <laughs> i was like oh, okay that's why right. i'm not productive at all exactly you're like oh in, in an effort yeah exactly it's always that in an effort to be more productive you're like oh, i don't need to sleep i need to get this done actually Go to bed, wake up, and yeah. like, you know, get more done in a shorter time because your brain's at full capacity. So, yeah, a couple things there. 
that was the human yeah see this was a good jumping off point to just yeah. random shit um do you want to hit any other of these stories or? i think that we i think we got the, the most pertinent ones yeah we had a dark matter in here you can look that up that oh yeah just okay, like the, the mapping map. of yeah like the percent or yeah i did like your idea how we were like oh let's do like a deep sea episode mm-hmm. let's do a sleep episode like yeah we'll just kind of find a thing and then we'll yeah and it may not even be the whole thing depending yeah. on like our understanding of it yeah. but it could be a big component yeah yeah the because i had it written down on a sticky from last time i'm like oceans and then i also think i want to look into the chips thing the mm-hmm. chip shortage oh yeah because i saw a story i think this morning about them saying um it might be a chip shortage for a few years yeah so i'm like oh shit gotta look and see what's what's going on here i'm assuming it's just a materials issue i think so i want to say yeah because building a semiconductor requires uh you know certain elements certain rare earth elements and whether or not we have the the mines that are able to refine them and produce them Mm -hmm. yeah okay we'll leave it there then for for the stories for this week um we'll close it out on this one uh this was just a a technology story we've been talking about like some of the like trials for some of these companies or not even trials what are they called cases yeah like lawsuits and stuff yeah um so what was the one we mentioned last time epic versus apple oh yeah the the gaming one and And, uh, yeah i saw actually i read a, a pretty decent article updating that um but this one is close that this one is from yahoo news business insider and the headline if this motherfucker <laughs> could not stop tripping out what's going on yeah there it is apple is eating lunch headline <laughs> 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 is loading hold on <laughs> here we go <laughs> apple is eating our lunch google employees admit in lawsuit that the company made it nearly impossible for users to keep their location private um so the bullet points this is according to court documents is where they got got those um got that information from so even Google execs and employees in charge of location data were confused about how privacy settings worked. So the people in not the fucking company, look. not a good look. Um, uh, Google was sued by Arizona's attorney general over its data collection practices last year. So that's where this story you know, or oh. this information is coming out of that I case. I'm assuming. That was happening. Uh, 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 Jack Menzel, a former vice president overseeing Google Maps, admitted during a deposition that the only way Google wouldn't be able to figure out a user's home and work locations is if that person intentionally threw Google off the trail by sitting their home <laughs> and work addresses at some other random locations. So, hmm. not good. Again, um, yeah, it's just basically a bunch of shit saying Google's after you. <laughs> I wonder, like, how much of the executives are up there just kind of like, like, why would they Why would they lie about that? Like, you know, of course, everybody wants their home set up in Google Homes. Everyone I'm wants sure, their work. I'm sure they're, yeah, they're spinning it every which like, way. Like, they just, like, I don't even know if, like, I, I wonder, too, if some of it isn't even spin. It's just, like, they actually just, they're drinking their way? Kool-Aid too much. Like, I wonder if that's, because, I mean, I mean, obviously, I would never, I you can't respect either of, like, you're either doing it maliciously or you're just being that ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I wonder if. Because if someone's being malicious, then it's like, all right, well, you know what the correct answer is. Just fuck you. Yeah. But then if someone's, like, legitimately believing, like, well, no, Google is here creating this greater good. Like, everybody should, you know, like, be in love with all of our products. Mm. Like, I wonder if that Well, that's definitely exists. what they want to sell. That's what, that's the point they want to sell and put <laughs> out there for sure. It's like, oh, we're doing this as a benefit to you. Yeah, but then it's like, come on, like, 
any person with like a degree of cynicism will be like, no, fuck you. I'm not telling exactly. you where I live. I'm not telling you where I work. Yeah, at least if they choose not to. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the only way you can not give it to us is throwing a fake one. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like throwing a one, two, three Boulder Avenue. Anyone that's anyone that's even a little bit of a cynic can't take like someone at Google like that on their word saying like, no, this is purely for your benefit. Yeah. It's oh man, it, it feels like some of these things are wrapping up now. Yeah. Some of this antitrust stuff is like a. Like starting being to bear thrust fruit. more in the yeah more yeah. in the spotlight, um, and I think it will. I think it. Will. I mean, yeah, it just they definitely we got sideswiped by you know the tech industry and like you know just everything transformed data so collection. fast. Yeah, big time. Because I I remember looking through our textbooks and like looking at these big cases between like companies, right? Mm-hmm. And I would just read them like, damn, that shit was crazy. Motherfuckers yeah. out here doing that? Yeah. And I'm like, uh... We're still, yeah. That's yeah, still... motherfuckers still doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, man. Out here, I, I thought, we had, man, yeah. the days of uh, Standard Oil or whatever <laughs> the fucking iron people were, yeah. the steelmakers, those fucking moguls. I was like, oh, or, or uh, Hearst. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, hold on. The motherfucker, <laughs> these battles are still being had. Yeah. I guess it's just a constant. I think so. There's, you know, I think with what, the way the system works is you're going to try to play within the rules to get as much as you can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you, the rules got to be changed because people learn new ways to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like athletes or people playing games will do whatever they can to assure the victory in yeah. whatever easiest way possible. The least demanding. Yeah. You know, the path of least resistance. Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, like, pretty much the goal is how do I make the most money for the least work? Yeah. And I think that's what, that's basically the... That was me in school. The MO. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, for <laughs> me, I was, I'm not going to deny that. I was, like, 90%. It's a valid I need to get approach. A, I need to get a 90% because that's the least amount of work I got to do to get an A. It's a valid strategy, and here we are. <laughs> With Google employing the same thing. It's like... Yeah, maybe we have, we need different standards for different entities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we'll leave it there with that story. Um, anything else you want to mention? Oh yeah, I'll. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mars a little bit in this episode. I actually wrote a Mars supersonic a while ago, uh, right after the Perseverance landed. I hadn't really done too much audio production, but I did the recording of it. I'll try to release it with this. I probably won't do. I mean, I'll add some of those sound effects later in, but at least just the what it is, the mm-hmm. the reading of it. Try to. Couple that with this, it's a little bit relevant. So you think that'll be out pretty soon? Yeah, I can, I can drop Maybe that the next week or so or whatever. Yeah, I can drop that soon. Yeah, because it's already recorded. Okay. It's just a matter of converting it to an MP3, and that's whatever. But I would like, I would want to have like a little bit of sci-fi sounds in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to pew, pew. play with it, <laughs> play with that a little bit. Wow. Like enough, yeah. So yeah, that would be cool. A little beat on a little sci-fi beat. Look out for that then. Um on the website, ieaudiolab.com. Mm-hmm. Email the show at ieaudiolab at gmail.com. And I am on, on Twitter at milkfatpercent. I'm on Twitter at OAP double underscore three. It's double underscore? Mm-hmm. So that's two underscores. It's not real off the tongue, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> but OAP underscore three was already taken. And I was like, let me just make this line a little bit longer and see if that works for me. A character is um, a character. So drop us a follow there if you happen to be listening to this. Um, otherwise, we'll be back next time for a quarter of a century episode. 25. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Deuces. Bye.